la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Action Podcast, um, the podcast that dares to watch every fucking action movie <laughs> and rank it from best to worst. The has audacity. The, has the audacity, the fucking balls, the gonads, the fucking testes. <laughs> if you will. If you will. Okay. To even attempt such a thing. I think we are the only movie podcast that dares to rank. You got to be brave, you know? You got to be brave. You know, when we started this, they said, James, why? Why do this? And I said, you know, I just have this sickness. <laughs> I feel compelled. Compelled to do it. Um, nobody asked you that, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, hey, we're just watching movies anyway, so... <laughs> Anyways, you know what? Hey, we're watching action movies. We're doing what um, God put us on this green earth to do, which is to fuck around and talk about movies. That's right. And um, we are Action Action. Uh, my name is James, and I'm joined by always Dustin. <laughs> hey. <laughs> joined always by Dustin. Joined, always joined by? Uh <laughs> And hey, you know what? We're on the BFOP network, so you should check out those shows that are on that network. Yes, you should. I'm um, just drawing a blank right now, bud. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there's the Talking Back. There you go. Podcasting After Dark. Uh, is it Return, Revenge, Resurrection? Yeah, that's Holy. the Holy. I didn't even have to look at anything for that. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, usually I have a cue card here in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. I think that we're going to end the episode <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. And, you know, blast from our past. So uh, check those out. And um, Dustin, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? What have you been seeking? What have you been destroying? Let's hear it. All right. Well, I've got a few to go through here. Uh, first, I'll mention I did talk about Teenage Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, I think, on our last episode. Ended up going to see it again with my wife because the theater here had a buy one, get one ticket thing. And there wasn't much playing anymore. And she was like, oh, I'd watch the Ninja Turtles. So we What's this turtle thing? <laughs> well, she likes the Ninja Turtles. Uh, so, yeah, we went and watched that. Man, it's it was really enjoyable. Really fun. She liked it a lot. So what, so what turtle is she? That's a good question. I'd have to think about that. Probably Leonardo. She's, she's a Leo. Yeah, she's a Leo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Raph. <laughs> You're a rap. <laughs> I'm definitely a Michelangelo. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, Mikey. Anyway, yeah, I, I gotta say, just I've already said it before, but I'll just quick say, uh, yeah, it's just a really fun movie. It's funny, great music, looks really cool, distinctive style, and yeah, I don't know, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm gonna trick my kids into watching it. Nice. So. Be, be your choice for one of the nights. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I got a couple destroys here for you. Uh, I a couple weeks ago I watched Sleepaway Camp two and three back to back, mm -hmm. and then I went ahead and I did the really unfortunate thing of watching Sleepaway Camp four, The Stranger, or The Survivor, sorry, and uh, returned to Sleepaway Camp. Um, these ones I had never seen. Sleepaway Camp four is arguably the worst movie I've ever watched in my life. Really. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not even a movie. Okay, <laughs> Dustin, it, Dustin. Yeah, no, no, I know. Do you know what that's, that means that's coming something. from you? It's saying something. Okay, you like fucking, when everyone thinks the the barrel is empty, you're still finding <laughs> shit still at the bottom. Shit down. Uh, yeah, down at the bottom. Um, this is, it's not a movie. It's, uh, it's like, I'd say 95% of this is footage from the first three Sleepaway Camp movies. And then they've shot a couple of new scenes to sort of like connect them. And it's just like the, this one character is doing having flashbacks about all this stuff that happened. So it just shows you whole scenes from the previous movies. And then there'll be like a one little 30 second clip from that that was shot new for this. Or they'll be like, yeah, and then this happened. <laughs> and then it's like more flashing back to the other wow. movies. Wow, I mean, it's like genius. <laughs> it's really. amazing. You've done nothing. You've accomplished nothing. Um, it's, it is just dreadful. Now, uh, I, I realized partway in that that's what it was. And so then I just was doing some other stuff while I had it on the background. Right, right. It's brutal. Uh, Return to Sleepaway Camp is, is better. It's by the director of the original movie. But unfortunately, it was also the first movie he directed since the original Sleepaway Camp. So from like 84 or something until 2008 is when Return to Sleepaway Camp came out. Hmm. Uh, it's got some decent kills. At least they were trying with this one. Right. But the thing about this one is that all the characters are fucking terrible. And so there's like this one character who's being bullied by other the other people and like in a normal movie, you'd be like, OK, I sympathize with him. Or you think, OK, he's the one who's going to turn into the slasher because he's constantly being, yeah, uh, you know, but he's such a piece of shit himself to everyone all the time constantly that you're like, I don't care. I don't care if they bully him. He sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> he's the worst fucking person I've ever seen. Um, and so there's like no as a result, there's no one to root for. And, you know, when the, the killer is revealed, you're just like, OK, whatever. So it, it's not great. But after Sleepaway Camp 4, it was uh, it was it was quite an improvement. Uh, then I watched a movie called Hitchhike from 1977. This is really good. This is with Franco Nero, uh, you know, Django mm-hmm. uh, has David Hess, who basically he kind of was typecast. He's this guy that I don't know if you've ever seen him before. He's he was in the last house on the left and. Uh, house mm-hmm. on the edge of the park. He always plays doesn't look familiar. A character that is tormenting people, basically. Okay. So in this movie, he is like a robber that uh, Franco Nero and his wife pick up while he's hitchhiking. They're on a road trip. They have like a camper that they're hauling with them on their car, and he's this guy who stole a bunch of money. And so then he makes them like drive him places, and he promises if they take him some some place, he'll give them some of the money and stuff. Right. Um, Franco Nero is like a journalist. Him and so it's an interesting movie because the dynamic that we see between the husband and wife before they even pick him up is that like it's a terrible marriage, totally toxic. He's a piece of shit, like asshole who treats her like like garbage and an alcoholic and stuff like that. So then you get then you add this other guy to the mix, and you're like. I don't even know which one is worse, like which one is the more volatile one or whatever. Right. Um, and it goes in some d- interesting directions and it gets pretty tense. And yeah, I really liked it. It's an Italian movie. Um, and David Hess is great and he's just he's great at playing those types of roles. And I guess that's why he was cast that way over and over again. But yeah, Hitchhike. So check it out if you can find it. It's kind of kind of hard to find. It, we're supposed to check it out or is yeah. that a sink? No, no, no. Check no. it out. Oh, look, check it out. Look for it. Search oh, for it. Okay. Check it out. Uh, then I rewatched Session 9, which was a horror movie from 2001, I think. Yeah. Uh, hadn't seen it since it came out on video back then. This is like a slow burn kind of psychological horror, a little bit of supernatural haunted house element to it. It's about these guys that are like a cleanup crew, um, they're like a, rest, you know, like a restoration kind of crew, and they are hired to clean up this old mental hospital that was closed down. It's like all empty, abandoned, whatever. Yeah. And there's just a handful of them. They bid on this job because they need it really bad. So they do like a low, like they're like, oh, we can do it in a week or something like that or whatever. So they're cleaning up like they're going to open it again or they're cleaning yeah, up Yeah, like... they're going to repurpose. Whoever owns it's going to repurpose it oh, or whatever. Oh, I see. Condos. So, yeah, <laughs> something. <laughs> so, but then, you know, they start doing that and then like, you know, weird weird shit starts happening and right. it's, it's pretty spooky Sweet. actually it's a creepy movie um some really it's it's low budget and there's not a lot like to it in terms of 
you know, big set pieces or anything like that. But, but, uh, sorry, my cat is crawling on our, our podcast cart, tart, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's a, it gets really creepy at times and yeah, it just has a real thick atmosphere of, I don't know, unsettling like eeriness. Yeah. Yeah. Unsettling vibes. So cool. enjoyed revisiting that. Uh, a couple more. I watched Angle, a documentary about Kurt Angle. It was oh, okay. It's out on WWE. Interesting. Network, or or uh, what do you call it? Uh, Peacock for their American friends. Um, it's pretty good. It's, you know, you got to always take these WWE documentaries with a grain of salt because... Because they it only shows one yeah, side. Yeah, they only show what they want to show. Right. Or, you know, even if they show some of the dark stuff, it might be held back you know whatever how you know they show what they're willing to kind of show sort of yeah um but it's still really good still really compelling the stuff at the beginning when it's going through his olympic wrestling career i thought was really interesting and well done um i knew that his story his whole storyline with it when he came into wwe he was like oh he's like i'm the guy that won a gold medal for wrestling with a broken neck like which is true he he had a broken neck at the time they just were like shooting him full of drugs or whatever so he could wrestle still right um but yeah he's he's a really interesting guy because he was just this olympic wrestler dude then he came into the pro wrestling after because they offered him a contract and he just like took to it like a fish to water like he he was really funny as this heel guy who was like oh mr like yeah i remember when he came in yeah uh, I hated him. Yeah, that was the whole idea, right? <laughs> yeah. The, and I think when he came in, Vince McMahon told him, oh, yeah, we're going to make you a villain. He's like, what are you talking about? People are going to love me. I'm the I'm Olympic champion and all this stuff. And he's like, no, no, they're going to hate you. Like, <laughs> 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 So, he's, you know, he had the three eyes, the integrity, intelligence, whatever. The, I can't remember what the other one was. But, yeah, he would do all this stuff. And he'd say, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, his whole thing was like he was better than everybody. Yeah, right? exactly, right. Which, I mean, he won a gold medal, so... Yeah. Um, It's an interesting story, interesting life. And then, of course, he, you know, once he got, like, addicted to painkillers and stuff, which is unfortunately all too common in pro wrestling. Um, But he got, like, hardcore into all these pills and stuff that he was taking. Um, And there's a lot of footage of him in there where he's just, like, loopy and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, And then he was at TNA for several years. And it's kind of... I'm, I don't know how they, I guess they got Impact to agree to give them some footage because there's even some TNA footage in there. But it's kind of amazing that um, they refer to his career at one point as it was a debacle in TNA. And it was from the perspective of his personal life going down the total shitter, like getting addicted to all these drugs and stuff. But the amazing thing is if you go back and watch, like he had a ton of amazing wrestling matches still. And this is while he was like, completely fucking yeah. loopy on, on hmm. all kinds of stuff. So uh, that's kind of amazing. It says how good of a wrestler he was. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff left out that WWE doesn't want to touch. But Oh, I'm sure. But it was good. Uh, last, last one I'll mention. I watched this slasher called Cutting Class. <laughs> this is from 1989. Early Brad Pitt role. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's a high school slasher, as you can tell from the title. Yeah. Uh, one of the sort of end of an era kind of slashers, because this is when they were really winding down at this point. Um, you know, the whole 80s, like the late 70s through the whole entirety of the 80s was key slasher time. But by this point, it was kind of petering out. This is a weird one, because you can, you can tell that they want it to be sort of comedic. Like, there's a there's a side plot where... The, the final girl's dad goes on a hunting trip and so he kind of is removed from the whole movie but it just keeps showing him like lost in the woods and trying to find his way back and it's like this is meant to be funny right like it's supposed but to be like it doesn't a, like add anything to the story no it's just like a way to keep her dad out of the thing so that he wouldn't be around to f- not let some of this stuff happen while he's gone I guess oh okay um and I think it's supposed to be like comedic like I don't know, like, oh, he's... he's what a loser. He's a dumb, he can't find... What a yokel, he can't find his way back through the woods and he fell in the pond or whatever, you know, like all this stupid stuff. Uh, and there is funny stuff with, like, some of the teachers and th- stuff, but 
It's a weird movie. Um, not great by any means. There are a couple of pretty memorable kills in it. One one on a trampoline that stands out uh, okay. pretty well. And there's a Xerox machine kill that was pretty good. Sweet. Interesting to see Brad Pitt in an early role. He's like the asshole boyfriend character in this. I could see that. Uh, and it's one of those things where they're setting up like, is the killer uh, this psycho guy that got out of the hospital and came back to high school with them and used to be their friend right or is it the asshole boyfriend and so they they keep playing with that the whole movie uh which one is it um it's totally watchable like i it, it's not boring or anything it's just it's pretty forgettable at the end of the day so yeah you could take that one either way uh but yeah uh yeah i'll i'll leave it at that uh what have you been watching man all right so I watched, uh, you know, family movie again. I watched, and I do have some seeks, and I do have some destroys. Okay. So Hit I me. watched the Never Ending Story. Oh yeah, been a while since I saw that. Uh, this to me is a destroy. Oh wow, yeah. I fucking do not You're like it. You're breaking some hearts right now, James. Oh, that that's fine. <laughs> you know, my mom said, "Hey." You're going to break some hearts, kid. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. It's finally coming true. It's finally coming true. Uh, I haven't seen it in so long that I couldn't say, but I remember watching it when I was in my early 20s again. And I remember being at that point being like, what? This kind of sucks. Okay. Like, I know people love this movie. Mm. I honestly watched it and I'm like, I do not understand why people love this movie. The storyline sucks shit. <laughs> And it's just not that good. Like, I get it. Like, the creatures are kind of cool and and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. I was actually arguing with somebody recently about, I was like, no, Labyrinth. Labyrinth holds up. Labyrinth is a fun fantasy kids movie that still is really fun to watch. And they were like, no, man, Never Ending Story is way better. And I was like, oh, my God. You've lost your fucking mind. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to watch Labyrinth. Actually, after we watched... And then never any story. I'm like, okay, Labyrinth is going to be next. Nice. Um, really freak my kids out. <laughs> um, so I'd say pass. Um, my kids also you're, did you're, not like it. Also, um, you know, my cousin Daryl, uh, who you've met, he, Emery, he told me he hated the main character when he was a kid when he would watch that movie because he thought his name was Betray You. <laughs> Betray you. He's like, he's going to, any minute now, he's going to turn on us. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, and then I watched a 1971 um, motorcycle gang movie called Chrome and Hot Leather. Ooh, tell me more. Um, this was a, a Tubi special. I just... For whatever reason, I'm like, you know what? I want to watch a motorcycle movie. Yeah. And uh, I've moved from westerns to motorcycle movies now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you're migrating. Um, it has some interesting parts in it. Um, it's better than that that other one we watched. I can't even remember what it was. Oh, uh, Hell... No, Hell Riders? Was that what it was Yeah, Hell Riders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so way better than that movie. Okay, yeah. Um, but just... You know, I just don't know what to make sometimes of like movies from the 70s. Yeah. Like, is it going to be violent enough or, (laughs) you know, so it it was good enough for what it was. But still, I was like, eh, this is kind of boring. Yeah. Have you ever heard of it? No, I don't think I've heard of that one. Um, I should have told you to check out Stone, which I think is on Tubi as well, Stone, which is the movie that Stone Cold is kind of based on. And it's an Australian 70s biker movie. It's also kind of boring, but then there's like really awesome parts in it. Right. I don't know. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Uh, and then I watched a little movie from, uh, you know, a director you probably haven't heard of. <laughs> Life Aquatic. Oh, yeah. Never heard of it. What does it tell me about this? <laughs> um, Is that like a Pixar thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now it's, it's, you know, it was shown in like art houses. So like you wouldn't know, Dustin, you wouldn't know know anything about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was like scrolling, trying to figure out what to watch and just kind of put it on because I hadn't seen it in forever. And 
fuck, I love that movie. It's been quite a while since I watched it too. It's it's uh, still it's, hilarious. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of his very best. My favorite Wes Anderson movie, and I know you disagree with that, which is fine. But no, you're wrong. We've all got different favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely seek that. Um, and then I watched Renfield. Oh yeah, Nick Cage. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, that's how I felt. I thought there was some fun stuff in it for sure. But there's some fun stuff. the The one thing I noticed, like I love gore. Yeah, there's a lot of gore. But I just didn't like the gore. Oh no. It just. It's so CG, the CG It's very gore. CG. And there was just, so much of it that it kind of won me over, even though it was CG. It just kind of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe they should have mixed it in a little bit better, like maybe half yeah. and half or something. Yeah. But, um, Get some practical stuff in there, too, to give it some concrete feeling i don't know i think it's okay for what it is i guess for the movie well it's a strange movie because i'm like okay this is a comedy but then it's like sort of an action movie yeah um which i didn't really expect um and it needed more nick cage because his parts are really great when he's his parts are awesome like the part where he goes to renfield's apartment and he's like tricking him and stuff like i thought that stuff was really funny uh, but he's not in it enough. And I mean, then, it is called Renfield, so it is yeah, about. Yeah, But like, I don't give a shit about Renfield. Yeah, exactly. He's he's kind of boring. And then, yeah. Um, I did like Ben Schwartz though too, as the as the bad guy, as the son. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's funny. So it's like more Nick Cage and more him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and that's about it. Didn't really have much time for anything else. Uh, I have been watching wrestling, which I've been kind of. So so on, but oh yeah, there's been some good stuff. There's been some stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, nothing really worth talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get to the movie we watched this week. Uh, we watched 1986's Wanted, Dead or Alive. Let's roll that trailer. He's a hardworking, dedicated, wow. no holds barred. <laughs> Sneeze bag bounty hunter. And business is booming. He's a bounty hunter with a system. It's a $15,000 bonus if he can still talk. And the soul. Nikki, that sounds terrible. We need you. This is a flashpoint situation. But the people he's after... I've been waiting to kill him for a long time. ...are only half as dangerous as the ones who hired him. Randall really doesn't have much use for you, does he? Would you do what we're doing to a pal? You think I knew they were using you as bait? What the hell is going on? I just gotta disappear. You're losing your bait. You're better off with it than with evidence, Randall. Don't bet on it! Rector Hauer. Wanted, dead, or alive. Bounty hunter Nick Randall is offered $250,000 by the CAA to get the terrorists behind the bombing of a Los Angeles, California. Do they really have to say Los Angeles, California? <laughs> Los Angeles, California movie theater. Nick quit the CIA because he couldn't trust them. Can they be trusted now? And can he help? To stop the terrorist. No and yes. <laughs> or it says, and can he stop the terrorists? Yeah. I picked this movie because I started watching the other movie I picked. Oh, yeah. Which was Malibu Express. Oh, yeah. We were going to do an Andy Sedaris movie. And I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> Forget it. And the version I watched, I watched on uh, Tubi for the Malibu Express. And it was like um, the quality of like uh, a home movie. Oh, really? So... Huh. I don't know. It must have been just the whatever copy they were able to get. Yeah. It just didn't. That's funny because I know there's Blu-rays great. out for all those Sedaris movies now. But yeah. So I started that, and I'm like, this is boring because there was like nothing. There was lots of tits. Right. As right. to be expected. Which hey, not, not enough bullets. Not enough bullets. That's the problem. <laughs> so anyway, so I was just like, okay, well, what's another like? Um, 
you know, 80s or under the radar kind of action movies. Yeah. And you know what? I came across this one. I'm like, fuck, this looks awesome. Rutger Hauer. Uh, yeah, this was on actually on my list for us to do at some point. And I think when we talked about Nemesis with uh, Corey and Zach, I think Zach was telling us we needed to do this one. Or this is one of the ones he had maybe thought we would do instead of Nemesis or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know anything about it. I, uh, I've i started to do this thing where I don't even watch a trailer before watching yeah. the movies that we pick. So I didn't watch a trailer. I just went right into it. And... Right off the bat, I'm like, this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love the look. I love yeah, it looks good. The style, shot, the shot well. the music. I love everything. It's good music. Yeah, it's kind of stylish, actually. It's very stylish. It's a, it's a New World Pictures, uh, which is Roger Corman's production studio. So some of those you don't really expect them to have a lot of like flair in that regard, but this one does. So this one does, and you know he's a bounty hunter. Um, you're led to believe that he is some kind of retired or used to be some kind of law enforcement. They don't really say at the beginning. He just, he's very good at what he does. You know, he tracks down yeah, criminals and some, brings them We have in. a bounty hunter scene at the beginning. You have a bounty hunter scene. Uh, he hates the criminals, like despises <laughs> them. He's like, how do you even, I don't even want to touch them. Yeah, exactly. He's like... <laughs> disgusted of course, by the them. guys that he's busting at the beginning are like some like beer swilling redneck type guys but they're, they're awesome yeah. like they're awesome guys <laughs> that he's like tracking down he's got that shotgun with like yeah uh it's like a sawed off shotgun that it's like very short like yeah but a, it's got that like handle yeah, for the pump action at, yeah the pump handle yeah, yeah. With the, the actual like hold like fist grip handle on it which is awesome yeah it looks great love it um yeah, so I like that. I like that that whole scene, the interaction. Obviously, he knows the cop. I don't. Is that supposed to be his brother? We find out. Or I don't think it's his brother. I think they're just bu- good. They're buddies. just buddies. Yeah. Um, what's that actor? William Russ is his friend in this movie. Danny. Danny. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they're just buddies. Like they've known each other a long time or whatever. And um, you know, I thought. Okay, this is great. This is the kind of movie, like, he's going to have to have this bounty for, like, this insane bad guy, right? Yeah. And then this is what I thought. But then it kind of turns into a CIA terrorist movie. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of gets a bit more, like, spy crafty in some ways. Which I'm kind of um, like, meh. Yeah. Um like, I want him going into dive bars, right, beating yeah. the shit out of people, like getting dirty. Because we start out with that bounty hunter scene, but then that's put aside, basically, because the whole movie is the focus is him trying to track down these terrorists, but also keep slipping. He has to keep trying to slip the CIA who are following him all the time and like spying on him, too, even though they're the ones who asked him to go after this. Yeah, guy. which I don't mind that version. I just feel like that should be a different movie. Yeah. Right. Like I kind of want the bounty hunter movie. Yeah. I hear you. Um, but you know, that's not what we get. So you do get this, you know, um, so then his friend, I guess his old partner from the CIA. Yeah. Or at least somebody he worked with on some degree. Oh yeah. Robert, uh, Guillaume, the guy who he plays Fillmore Walker. Walker. Uh, Robert Guillaume, I don't know if you recognized him at all, but he's probably too too young. He was the character Benson on the sitcom Benson. He was like a, a butler guy on this show when I was a kid. Oh, okay. So I was like, yeah. oh, him. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. No, I didn't recognize him. Um, so you get him. He shows up. He tries to get uh, Randall back, back in the CIA to track down this terrorist yeah, because... Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm skipping a whole bunch. Um, basically, this terrorist comes into town disguised as a. Oh, as like a rabbi. Yeah. Yeah. Disguised as a rabbi. Yeah. Right. And, he, you know, you know, this guy's a bad dude. I mean, he kills the guy that picks, picks him up. Yeah. He kills, <laughs> from the, the, he kills the real rabbi. The real rabbi. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we're skipping over. I, I just got it. Like we're skipping over who this terrorist is. This guy. Well, his name is Malik Al Rahim in the movie. Right. Played by fucking Gene Simmons of Kiss. Are fame. you kidding me? It's Gene Simmons, man. No. Yeah. Um. What? Which is funny because like so like I think you know even though I watched a lot of movies as a kid growing up and stuff. I never saw these movies that Gene Simmons was in, in which he was in a bunch of 80s movies, and he was almost always a villain in them. Like, he was in the Tom Selleck sci-fi action movie uh, Runaway. He was the bad guy in that, which I just only watched for the first time like a couple years back. Uh, And I was like, oh, Gene Simmons. And he was actually really fun in that movie. And then um, he's in Never Too Young to Die, which I talked about a little while back on the podcast. It's like a James Bond type movie with young John Stamos, where he's like an acrobat who's training to be a spy. (laughs) And he goes up against this uh, like transsexual villain who is played by Gene Simmons in the movie who plays like a a man and a woman in the movie. I mean, that sounds like a fantastic movie. It's it's awesome. It's so fun. In fact, we really do need to do it. What's it called? Never, never too young to die. Nice. Okay. Um, and so, so I'm seeing Simmons and I was like, okay, like I don't actually like Gene Simmons. Like, you know, he has a pretty bad reputation for his ego and right, right. he's made merchandise out of every conceivable thing for kiss. Yeah, of course. Just seems like an asshole. Right. Um, he tried to steal the, say that he created the devil horns hand sign from Dio and all this kind of stuff. He's a piece of shit, but he's all the movies I've watched him in. He's really fun. Now that was the thing that kind of bummed me about, out about me in this movie is like, I was like, Oh, and then I saw him and I was like, Oh great. Gene Simmons is the bad guy. And I've seen him as these really fun bad guys in these couple movies lately. And then he like doesn't really get to do much in this movie. Okay, so here's the thing. I didn't do any research into this movie. <laughs> I didn't even know it was Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah. You just telling me is yeah, like blowing, blowing my fucking mind right now. <laughs> because like I thought he did a great job. No, he's good. It's just that there's not enough time spent with him as a as a main villain of a movie like this i thought right I, and i agree and that was going to be one of my things of you get like hints that this guy is crazy and you could get like i feel like you should be able to get a little bit more of that but they kind of have this side plot where um one of the terrorists is like some super spy that fucking plants bombs and shit all over the place, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's like the, that's the way like we see him with that opening bombing of the movie theater. He goes in with that girl that works with them and like she goes and plants one in the in the theater and in the he goes theater. he goes and plants one in like the boiler room or whatever. Yeah. Um they seem very organized when we see them planning and stuff like as a group. We see a few scenes where they're they've got schematics and all this stuff and they're um but we don't like get the villain. I don't know. He doesn't get to chew the scenery really ever. Like, well, and there's so like the phone call that he makes is good. The like, phone call is great. Him leaving his handprint there is awesome. Yeah. Like he's taunting them. I get it. But other than wanting to kill Randall. Yeah. Like what is the purpose yeah, well, I mean, I think the general overall stuff is just like, at the time, you know, this is mid-80s America, it's just like yeah. Middle Eastern terrorist guys. He's playing a Middle Eastern terrorist and they want to blow up America. They're going to they're gonna blow up this stuff with this gas, and it's this, they say it's the same gas that was used, to, that um, there was this huge incident in India, this like uh, industrial plant like had blown up and this gas ended up killing a few thousand people. And they're like, we're going to make that look like, you know, it was just a little car accident or something like that. Okay. But what does that have to do with them? N- well, nothing. It's just like a terror. They're just terrorists. So they're doing terrorist things. But then at the same time, he also wants to kill. I know, but that's Rooker what Howard's character, right? Because of some stuff that happened with them in the Middle East in the past when he was a CIA. Agent. But that's what I feel like. It just kind of loses me a little bit. Yeah. Like you're a terrorist just to be a terrorist. Yeah. Right. It's just. He's not crazy enough for yeah, that. Yeah, he should be more crazy. and Or more devious, but we need more scenes to flesh that out. So, like, when they blew up the theater, I instantly thought of Invasion USA. Right. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, so yeah. it's going to be like this. Right, he's going to go around blowing up, blowing yeah. up. Yeah. I'm like, but okay. But that doesn't really happen, yeah. 
I like that Invasion USA is so good because of how like it they were everywhere killing people everywhere you didn't know where yeah they I, were gonna be next I mean that's a crazy movie right like they bring like it's yeah, like hundreds of, hundreds of people like, oh yeah they like land on the but American I thought shores. that's what they were gonna do here yeah yeah I mean so most yeah we 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 have that opening bombing and then there's scenes with them planning and then there's individual actions where they he sends guys out to try to kill Randall, right? Nick Randall. Is that his name? Nick Randall? Yeah. Nick um, Randall. And so we get some assassination attempts and there's some car chases and stuff. But like, yeah, it doesn't have that like, con- it's definitely not like Invasion USA where you're getting no. like all these different like, okay, we're going to hit him here. We're going to hit him here. We're going to do this. It's It's like the whole time they're building up to their like big plan, which is to do this huge explosion that'll kill like 30,000 people or something they say. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and I don't need to tear this movie apart, but like you would think you'd blow up the theater and then like two days later. Right. You'd do, you'd go off with your, right. Not like let's blow up the theater. Now let's plan the next one. Right. You know what I mean? Um, like but, why put them on notice and then yeah exactly <laughs> make, it, make give them a better chance of catching you before you can pull off your I get it you know you got to have the cat and mouse thing and all this I I do kind of like that the CIA is tracking him you know the old director or his boss has some fucking beef with him yeah <laughs> there's like they they hate each other um sorry I got to find that guy oh yeah Jerry so yeah Jerry Harden plays the CIA boss guy who's a guy and he's a guy who often plays these types of characters in movies. Uh, a lot of people remember him as playing the deep throat character on X-Files, except in, he was kind of the opposite in that movie. He was a, he was like a secret shadowy government figure, but he was helping Mulder by giving him information and stuff. Right. Um, and he's in a ton of movies, but yeah, he's great as the sort of foil. It's funny because the CIA guys are just as much the bad guys. It seems like in the movie, as Gene Simmons and his group, which I kind of liked, like yeah, I like that. Gave him like sort of multiple thing fronts that he was fighting. And Randall, like, yes, he's trying to get this terrorist, but he's also like spends just as much time, if not more, trying to get the CIA off of his back. Uh, you know, we get this scene where they have set him up as to use him as bait because they know that this guy is after him, which he doesn't even know himself that this guy is somebody who's personally trying to kill him or whatever so like they set him up they like do that little car accident thing so that he's delayed at one point so that he'll go he'll show up at the right time in order to draw these guys out basically so they can try to track them or catch them um and then he's you know he realizes that what they've done he's like super pissed and they said that great scene where he pulls a knife and puts in his face the yeah jerry harden's face and stuff i don't know i like it so the, the weird thing about this movie is like it doesn't have a lot of momentum from like, like the, the it, it's pretty sluggish at times, but yeah. at the same time, like each individual scene I enjoy because I think like all the actors are really good and they're all doing a good job. And so like I enjoy e- watching each scene in and of itself, but at the same time, the overall momentum of the movie is like, we need to like punch this up. We need to get a little more energetic here. It's because you have two parallel movies. I feel because, you know, he goes to his hideout or his house and you get that awesome scene where he drives in and then his car goes up an elevator. Right. And then he has like this wicked hangout where he has all his shit. He's got a shooting range. He's got his motorbikes. He's got his guns and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Like you get this sense of like this guy's fucking cool right like this guy's a badass he's badass right he's living in this warehouse but I mean, then he also lives in a boat he's got two houses well yeah exactly and we spend a lot of time at the boat house too so they try to do a little bit of everything like okay but and that's I, what i mean it's like okay so he's he's also ex-cia and he lives on a boat yeah he lives on a boat right? he's like, got this girlfriend so there's that storyline he's got his buddy that is always I, I liked all the stuff though like that's the funny thing like I think it's each each of those elements is well executed. It's just that when you put them all together, it kind of like messes up with the flow of the movie somehow. It's because it doesn't fit. Yeah. It doesn't fit with the movie. Like it's not it needs two to be, separate movies. It needs to be streamlined, right? And you, yeah, it needs to be streamlined. Like 
I get it. You you have to have the boat and the girlfriend because of that scene where the boat blows up, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, the boat blows up, the girlfriend and the buddy die, and it's like, meh. <laughs> Nobody kinda, really cares. It's not all that climactic, right? Like, Which is funny because... I really liked him and his buddy's relationship. Yeah, like so did cop, I. The cop, like, um, it's like all the scenes they have together before that, and there's quite a few of them. And the, him always being willing to help him out and stuff. Like he calls him down in the middle of the night and like, yeah. hey, I need you to put on a wig and like dress like me and take the boat out so that the people will follow you instead, and then that way I can go and do this other thing I need to do without all these tails on me. Um, and he's just willing to do it. Like he's there. That's the kind of friends they are. And he's helping him out with his bounties and all this different stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. So I liked all that relationship stuff. I even thought the, the girlfriend stuff was, was fine. Like, yeah, it, it was it, fine. It, it was, was good. It was not poorly executed. Like, and again, it's a credit to all the different actors in the movie. Like each scene while I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is well done. But yeah, I think you're right. Like by the time they get assassinated, the terrorists plant a boat on his, a bomb on his boat. We see like the diver terrorist guy yeah, in the water. Which I just laughed. <laughs> yeah, I honestly laughed when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like a James Bond movie? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, it's a bit of a tonal mess in that regard. But yeah, so they blow up, and like you have a, a moment or so of Rucker Howard being like, oh, like kind of sad. But he moves on very quickly, and it's not really. It doesn't feel like it's part of the fuel that's burning him yeah, no. towards the end of the movie. Not at all. Which it, it really needs to, right? Like, that needs to be his impetus for, like, man, this is what I... And now, I'm, now I'm really going to get this fucker. And, like, I think once we get to all the final scenes, they're really cool and well done and everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you don't necessarily feel that burning need for revenge like you would in another movie where this kind of thing happened. Like, yeah. you would feel... Like that was his main. Like this is really what's driving me now to fucking get this guy. It confused me, and the only reasoning I could come up with of why he was like emotionally was acting the way he was is he's fucking ex CIA. They're fucked in the head. Yeah, I mean that's so true, right? That's you could have played that, but they they didn't really they didn't play it put that, that way, in, right? No, no. I mean, they do have all the the conversations with the CIA when they're back at the shop and they're trying to like justify shit and reason how they're going to plan and like set him up or or they have that other CIA buddy that is like feeding information to the terrorists. Oh, yeah. But he's he's not a bad guy. He's like he's a good guy. He's an undercover he's guy. A, yeah. First, he's sent to like watch Rooker Hauer and then he, he Hauer like catches him kind of sleeping like he throws that book of matches on his lap and then i thought that was really cool and he has the broken bottle up to his neck and stuff and then yeah he snaps the the drive uh whatever you call that the shifter yeah the shifter he he snaps that off and stuff and like just fucks with the guy he's like i marked him for you so then because robert guillaume is thinking no no like yeah we're not watching you like he believes it like but then he then he notices his his office line is being tapped from the inside and he goes and confronts Jerry Harden's character and is like, we're not watching him, right? We're not watching him. He's like, no, we're not. We're not watching him. But then that guy comes in the office and he sees the mark on his face and he's like, oh, yeah, you should be careful yeah. like when you're shaving and stuff. Like, I liked all these scenes. Like, they're good. They're good. They're smart, actually. Very smart to yeah. have them in the movie because it's kind of that spy crafty shit. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? I think that that's the problem is that the movie didn't know exactly what it wanted to be. So it wants to be like an 80s action movie, like, but also it's a spy movie. But also it's like, um, I don't know, like the, all the stuff between him and the, his former bosses and all this stuff. Like it wants to have all these different things going on. And then I think that takes away from some of the impact. So if you wanted the impact of the, of the girlfriend and the friend being killed and make it more of a revenge thing, then you needed to push more into that. Or if we wanted to have this really big him against the terrorist guy, we needed more Gene Simmons and seeing his evil actions where he's going to blow and he blows up other people and these things. And so we like, oh, man, this guy, we need to get him like. Yeah. Um, so it's just it kind of falls down in a few areas because it's not as focused as it, as it needed to be. Yeah. I mean, my ideal version of this movie would be the bounty hunter, act, you know, movie. It would be. um you could still have the CIA in a way you could have it that, um, you know, he's trying to 
get this one guy, maybe he's part of a gang of some kind, um, and this guy finds out, he blows up the boat, he kills his girlfriend, and then he's like really pissed off, and he's going to go on a rampage, but it turns out the CIA has been undercover trying to get this guy because of, I don't know, arms deal or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. So he's trying, the CIA is trying to prevent him from getting the bounty. Oh yeah, that'd be a good but idea. But he's like, so he's still going that. against them. Yeah, but he's like, I'm getting this guy no matter what because yeah. he's killed these people and they want him or they need him out there to be, you know, you, you know, this, we've seen that storyline before too. But it could have worked here where, oh yeah, he is ter- a total bad guy, but we need him out there for some other purpose. You know, where exactly we, we're using him for this. Um, that totally could have worked. Or even like introducing more of an in- invasion USA angle too, where. Uh, Gene Simmons character could have had a whole bunch of different like terrorist guys been working beneath him and be like this guy's doing this over here this guy's doing this totally and then Rooker Howard could have been doing catch, like getting the bounties for catching like each one of those guys and like working his way closer to Simmons yeah like, like that so in that version maybe yeah like one of the terrorists has a bounty out and he ends up preventing one of these bombings or something. And then so Gene Simmons is like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, he's fucking up my plans. And then, so then he tries to kill him, blow, you know, blows up his boat. And then, you know, Rucker Howard is like, you know, uh, he's like, who the fuck is this guy? And then learns out, oh yeah, the CIA is involved in all this other shit. And then. Right. And yeah, you can still have the conflicts from both sides that way. And, but just made it a little more, driven i guess it's I just know. like you fucking tease the bounty hunter shit at the beginning yeah which just drives me nuts and it's like okay he is a bounty hunter and he is going after a bounty but the whole movie is like spent for him trying to get one guy kind of thing yeah i know but is it like i found it kind of cheap that the cia is like listen we'll pay you two hundred fifty thousand, and we'll give you a fifty thousand dollar bonus you know if he's alive and I mean, that did work out in an awesome way at the end of the movie. It did. <laughs> it did. But it's just like, I don't know. When I think Bounty Hunter, I don't think the CIA. Yeah, it's a weird blending, right? Yeah, if you just read the thing and we're like, oh, Bounty Hunter guy, uh, the CIA hires him, that doesn't necessarily tell you like, oh, by the way, the whole movie is going to be him like sort of having these conflicts with the CIA who are tracking him and all this stuff. And I, I mean, the Bounty Hunter... the, the the bounty hunter movie could be the tagline could be something like, you know, he has to choose between collecting his biggest bounty or killing the person that killed his girlfriend or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? He has to make a choice. He has to make a choice. And in the end he fucking kills the guy. Right. Right. (laughs) You have to, you have to, um, I do think it's well made. Like you were saying, like it's, it looks well, looks good. Like it's shot well and stuff. Uh, good use of music and everything. This director, Gary Sherman, he directed a bunch of genre stuff, and I've actually seen a handful of his movies. I didn't realize until I looked them up. I'm like, oh, I've seen like five of these movies that he's done. Oh, okay. Um, and they're all very different kind of movies. Like he did a few horror movies to start out. Uh, he did this British movie called Deathline or Raw Meat, that is like a, a horror movie that takes place in the subways in London. There's some kind of like cannibals living in the deep in the tunnels of the subway, um, which is a pretty fun movie. Uh, he did this really cool zombie movie called dead and buried that people really like a lot. Cult. It's like a bit of a cult classic. I actually have a novelization of it up there on the shelf. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, he did a really cool sleazy movie with wings Hauser called, um, uh, vice squad. Uh, it's like a really sleazy LA movie that, um, I thought about doing on the podcast. I don't know if it's really an action movie. Maybe I'll just kind of fudge it and we might do it at some point. Yeah. Uh, I did Poltergeist three, which is actually a really fun movie as well. And, um, and he did this thriller, this phone, which thriller. he wrote apparently too. Oh, did he? Okay. And he did a th- phone thriller called Lisa. That's actually a pretty well done movie as well, from, which he wrote as well. There you go. So yeah, so, so he's, he's done, done he's, some good ones. Yeah, it's not like it's a, one of those careers where people be like, "Oh yeah, Gary Sherman, he directed all these movies." It was definitely a guy where I was like, "Gary Sherman, who's that?" And then looked at him like, "Oh, I've seen all these movies, right. but I didn't know right. that this was the same guy doing these." So, so I think he's, you know, a little uh, under the radar, but 
uh, a, a quality director who did a lot of good genre stuff. Um, and so I did, I did appreciate the filmmaking from the aspect of it was all well done. All the scenes were well done. The acting was where it needed to be. All this stuff, like, like I said, like as I'm watching the scenes, I'm like, it's a good scene. They yeah. The acting is perfect. Like you said, the acting is where it needs to be. Like, like Robert Guillaume is awesome when he gets pissed off to like, what does he say to Jerry Harden? He's like, next time you're going to fuck me, kiss me first. Yeah. Kiss me first, which is a great line. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's everybody does a good job. So it made it watchable, very watchable, even though I had these issues with it in terms of like the pace of it. And like you were talking about sort of the, sort of bloated in a way bloated nature of it because it tries to introduce too many elements I feel like yeah but um but for all that I still liked it like I'm saying that the negatives but I still had a fun time watching it I still liked it but I mean Rucker uh, Hauer makes it takes it a long ways I think for me because he's so cool he's really cool and I don't really I haven't really seen many of his movies or at least I can't I couldn't name a single other movie no, well, I was I was funny that I thought that you picked that one too because I I had been thinking about soon I wanted to do Blind Fury, which is a movie where he is a blind samurai. <laughs> oh, okay, which is a really fun movie. But I mean, yeah, uh, and I also had been thinking about for Spooktober maybe doing The Hitcher, which is a movie where he's a villain. It's just fucking great. Okay, I like I hadn't seen either one of those. So yeah, we're gonna have to do some more of his movies because he did a bunch of bunch of pretty great stuff but yeah so i really enjoyed him in the movie but again it just it could have been it's one of those ones that's frustrating because it's like this could have been great with some tweaks like yeah i think it could have been great like it's got the feel it the acting's great you do have a cool storyline in there but kind of mixed in with like a whole other storyline the scenes all work together like it's just it's like they work but they don't work necessarily together like it they yeah. work individually yeah. they don't work as a whole they right? don't work as a whole yeah i am kind of disappointed because i did feel it was one of those because mo- every now and then i come across a movie like uh that boz movie what was that boz yeah. movie that Oh, the one tough bastard. One, one tough bastard. Yeah. I came across that movie and I was like, "Holy fuck! Right. What is this?" Yeah, right. It's a special one. It's yeah. a special one. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly thought, like the first scene, I'm like, "This movie's fucking awesome." Right. Right. And it's like not that I'm. I guess I am kind of disappointed, but it's just like I felt like it could have been so much more. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, I do think there is great moments throughout it. Like, yeah, we started with the great bounty hunter scene in the corner store. I like how he shoots up the Korean grocery store. <laughs> I know. To catch the guy. Like, <laughs> doesn't have to, like, pay for the damages. This is a bounty hunter. It doesn't mean you get to destroy p- property. I know, but this is what I love. Because when I saw that, I instantly thought of Cobra. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it's just 80s logic. Yeah. Cobra, right? Stone Cold. Yeah, just you like. You get that Robocop. You get that, like, grocery store, corner store robbery scene. Yeah, and the corner store, you know, owner is just like, oh, thank you for catching them, even though it caused yeah, all this the, fucking yeah, damage. Shot up all my product. <laughs> <laughs> it's your shotgun. Um, I think there's a pretty good car chase later. That's that's not too bad. Um, this I like the scene where he gets that he catches that one terrorist in there where their base had been. Right. And he like puts him in that like metal filing cabinet yeah. locker or whatever, <laughs> and he's like shooting holes in it, being like tell me where he is like and then puts like like takes him throws him down the stairs basically inside that cabinet and stuff so there's a lot of fun stuff like that it's just that it takes its time getting to each of those moments um and even some of the stuff where he's slipping giving the cia the slip are fun scenes and stuff it just uh they don't feel like they're necessarily like they spend too much time on that kind of stuff and not enough on him pursuing this gene simmons character Uh, because there should have been more of Simmons and the interaction, his interactions with either the, the police or the CIA or his interactions with Ricker Howard directly. Like we don't get that stuff until we get to the end climax scene, really. Um, yeah. which is a really good scene, I think, which, which is a great scene. And yeah, I mean, you have all the, but see, again, we get to this end and I'm just confused. 
I really feel like, okay, they're just terrorists to be terror. Like, they're just... Yeah, but it's... I mean, that's typical 80s kind of thing, right? I know, but like... He even, blows up the theater showing Rambo, too, at the beginning. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> even so much that, like, his wife or the woman, whoever that's supposed to be, who's driving the armored vehicle, is like, we can, we can do it. We can still do it. Yeah, she's willing to do this, the sacrifice of, like killing themselves to drive the truck into the and then agents he's just like and the fuck tanks. no he's like, no we gotta get out of here like i like that because it's like i he, like it he yeah. doesn't want to die he's not one of these martyrs like willing to give himself up to the cause he's but that's why i'm wondering like what is his cause yeah, that's, but that's again like we needed more time with this guy so we had an idea of who he was as a villain yeah like i do like that scene with them in the truck and like he shoot he blows her brains out and just like takes over the truck i thought that was good He even like it because it's all over the window and he like wipes the window (laughs) so you can see (laughs) i like that yeah uh and then like you know the the sort of pursuit him and and ricker howard get in 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 the industrial area and stuff yeah shootout they have and the fight they have I liked all that stuff. And uh, when he, you know, he captures him and he puts the grenade in his mouth and then like wraps the bandage or whatever, like, like or scarf or whatever around his head so that the grenade stays in his mouth. And then he, he keeps telling him, like, kill me, kill me. And he's like, no, no, yeah, <laughs> not going to kill you. Uh, and then he brings him out to the agents and everything at the end and they're all outside. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, give the, give the $250,000 to the widow of my friend, the cop who died. Yeah. And then, um, but, and then I'll take, I'll, I'll be along to collect the bonus for bringing him in alive. Right. Which is the whole title yeah. of the, the movie. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck the bonus. <laughs> just pulls the pin. Yeah. Like, which is great. And then, yeah, it looks great. He blows like the top half of him like blows up. Uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that's a great eighties action movie. ending. Yeah. Cause that's a fuck you to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that part was really great. I like, and that felt more like that beginning scene. Totally. Where, where we, and I don't know the story of the production of this movie. Who knows like what was going on? I mean, for all I know, there was a different director that started making it and then finished yeah. making it or whatever. Yeah, but, true enough. But it does feel like a little all over the place in terms of what it was going for. So it doesn't want to be a spy movie. Does it want to be a full throttle 80s action movie? You know, does it want to be a sort of cop, you know, procedural? Like it, it's kind of playing with all these different things. And as a result, none of them are 100% effective. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have much more to add here. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if there was, any, I mean, there's probably other little scenes that were good and stuff, but uh, I think we more or less covered it. Um, but yeah, I, I did like the movie. I don't want to give the wrong idea. I think, especially if you're at home, you're looking through Tubi for something to watch and you just, you're like, oh, I've seen all these, you know, I've seen Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and all these things. And what's something I've, you know, what's something that's different that I haven't seen? I think it's worth a watch. I just go into it sort of with the right expectations. Like this isn't going to blow your mind or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, uh, Gary Sherman said that there was two other actors considered um, for Nick Randall. One of them was James Caan. Okay. And the other one I was see that. Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. Who at the time wasn't really, who still wasn't really well, that this is known. Well, this is like right before Lethal Weapon, right? So he would have done Mad Max and Road Warrior, but um, but he wasn't, a bit, he wasn't a huge deal yet. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, that, that would have been completely different. It would have been very different. I could see either. I could see it working with either of those actors, yeah. but each each of them would have taken it in a very different yeah. direction. Yeah. So. All right. Well, should we get to the ratings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm feeling pretty mid-ish. Mid, yeah. Um, my my personal reactions a six, but overall ends up being a five point four. It really dips in the pacing. Yeah, for me, and even I give this pretty mid on on pacing. Um, I think I would have given it even lower on pacing, except like I said, each individual scene worked for me. So even though the I do think the movie was slow. Um, I didn't, I wasn't bored while I was watching the scenes, you know right. what I mean? So, uh, I did give it a five for pacing, but yeah, so my overall reaction is also a six, but I have a, have a overall score of a six. Right. 
So that's uh, overall score of 5.7. So you know what time that is, girls and boys. <laughs> it's I mean, time to throw it on the board. <laughs> is this a new gimmick? <laughs> yeah, this is a, is new, a bit? new thing. I, I got to test out some things. Yeah. Uh, like John's it. not around, right? I like it. Yeah, do uh, that when he's uh, he's on next week. Yeah, he'll be like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> what are you doing?" Like, it's a totally different show, John. We should do like the, we should do the intro like totally different, and you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Well, I mean, last like, time action, he was action, hey! last time he was on, he yeah. was like, "What the fuck? You're doing voices now?" Yeah, you guys are doing voices. <laughs> I'll be I'll do the Pee Wee Herman voice the All whole right. time, and you do like a yeah Daffy Duck or something. <laughs> All right, so you know what? We love the rating of 5.7. Yeah, oh, big big old tie right here? Oh, man, this is a big fucking tie. We got at number 131, we got Face Off, Cobra, Olympus Has Fallen, Rambo 2, hmm. Pitch Black, Shanghai Noon, Nemesis, Young Guns, wow. GoldenEye, and Savage Streets. Holy shit. That is a big tie. Yeah, this is a big one. And I enjoy pretty much all those movies. Okay, to one degree is this movie better than Pitch Black? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, Pitch Black, as fucking new metal as it is, and of, an, of a time as it is, it, it, it's good at what it does. Like... And it's it's an alien ripoff, but it's done well. It's very focused on its story. It doesn't, you know, it's not bogged down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I might be tempted to put this after all those movies, because even really? even Savage Streets is it can it's slow in its own way too. But I don't know. I like a good rape revenge movie. Um, <laughs> it's done well. <laughs> I love a good rape revenge movie, well, especially so. the raping. Uh, Jesus, no, right? especially the revenge. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. I guess I read that you wrong. Paint me out to be some I, kind of. I read that wrong. <laughs> you read that wrong. <laughs> I had that highlighted wrong. On the <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see it going ahead of Savage Streets. What was it? What was it, like the first couple again that you said? Uh, face, face off. off. Face off and then Cobra. Cobra. No, definitely not better than Cobra. Olympus has fallen. See, my initial was like, oh, I'd put it ahead of Olympus has fallen, but then I wouldn't put it ahead of like Rambo 2 and some of the other stuff that comes after or Young Guns. Well, I mean, how the fuck did Olympus has fallen go ahead of Rambo 2? Yeah, well, that's the question with us, isn't it? (laughs) Who the fuck put this list together? (laughs) Some idiots. God damn it. Well, the problem Uh, is we had that cuck. John, yeah, who was a part of this group cucking for up a the while, list all the time, <laughs> just cucking the shit out of this list. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd probably go put it after everything, even though I enjoyed it. But what would you? Where would you put it? Uh, I mean, I feel like putting it ahead of Pitch Black. Yeah, yeah, you weren't big on Pitch Black. No, so after Rambo two, ahead of Pitch Black. That's that's where I would put it. So let's see. So that means it would go behind Nemesis in front of Young Guns. Ugh, I don't know if I can live with it being ahead of Young Guns. You guys were so hard on on Young Guns when we did it way back. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, that was in their early days when we were still being pretentious. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's damn true. As Kurt Angle would say. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to live with that. And that's where it goes. I guess. And I'll blame John later when we revisit this section. <laughs> yeah. We'll pull him in for an episode just to like have it out with him. Be like, see this? You see this, what you did? <laughs> yeah, I think we do need to have like a shuffle or a... How can we do that, though? Uh, we need to regulate this list. <laughs> Be regulators? Yeah. Um, okay, so that is new number 138. There you go, 138. Yeah, it probably wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as good as Nemesis. Nemesis had really good action in it, I think. I mean, Nemesis was confusing as fuck, but I don't know. It looked cool, it had really good action. It's a fun movie. So 138 out of 237 Mm -hmm. that are on the list. Yeah, it's not so bad. It's 100 up from the bottom still. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. 
I mean, ballistic X versus Sever, still the, still the bottom. And you know, they asked the when I went on Return Revenge Resurrection recently. They were like, "Oh, what's the top of your list?" And I was like, "Oh, it's Die Hard." And da da. And they're like, "Well, do you know off the top of your head what's the bottom?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's I like, do." <laughs> step aside. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's ballistic. X versus Sever. Neither of them had even heard of that fine film. Yeah. See, I never heard of that movie until we did it. Too yeah, glad I glad but I could bring that to the table. I don't know a fucking <laughs> thing. So, movie with real movie stars. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for sticking it out to the end of this episode, and uh, appreciate you know you listening. Yeah. Even though, and next week John's not here. Spooktober begins, guys. Oh yeah, Spooktober. Um, about that. <laughs> We got some guests coming. Yeah, a couple guests are going to be on for the month of Spooktober, so look forward to that. And I do consider John a guest. Yes, John's a guest now. John's a guest. He will be on. Okay. He has no ownership over this <laughs> fucking podcast anymore. Um, but he will make his return. But if he's a guest, that means we have to treat him better than we did when he was on the show. <laughs> Since when do we treat guests nicely? Yeah, I guess that's true. Right? Fuck him. Fuck him. Who gives a shit? Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for our Patreon followers. Really appreciate it. You can become a Patreon and you can make us pick a movie. You know, one that we really don't want to watch. <laughs> and we'll talk about it. And well, then we'll have to talk about what's what's up with you. What's your issue that you want to make people watch things yeah, that like, you know they'll hate? What kind of bullshit like your dad not hugging you when you were a child <laughs> kind of issues are you working through? Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in yeah. another episode. That's our uh, our side cast. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. This guy's guys.